Hello and welcome to season four of Flop Stars, our most different season yet. I'm not giving the usual spiel because everything's a little bit different around here right now. I'm still Sam Murphy and with me is still Nick, Nick, Nick Kelly. I get this wrong every week now. You've known me for like half a decade. How do you still get my name wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish, please. But instead of looking back, we're looking into the future. This season, we're going to deep dive on an artist who has flopped in the past and envision how they can avoid, avoid a flop in the future. We're talking dream collaborators, perfect album titles, and the sound they should go for. This week, we go into Britney Spears. Britney has been battling a conservatorship for more than a decade, making it difficult for her to act with the freedom of a regular pop star. She still managed hits, but with frustration for her situation mounting, she pulled the pin on her pop career. If the conservatorship ends though, what's next for Britney? Can she return to being a main pop girl and will freedom give her music a sense of liberation that it's been lacking? Hello, Nick. How are you? I absolutely stumbled through that intro. Hello. No, you didn't. I thought that was a brilliant introduction and a brilliant summary of events that have gotten us to the point we are right now. In the Britney situation. Thank you. You have very low standards. I really do have low standards. You're not wrong. But for, still cool. for everyone listening, I need to point out something really quickly. Yep. Um, because I have been alerted that Apple Music says that our podcast last week went for three and a half hours. <laughs> that is a technical glitch. We managed to keep it under 50 minutes. And if you're I deterred by so a similar thing happening that. for this episode... Be rest assured that it will be at least under two hours. No, it will be under an hour. I wouldn't have been shocked if we if it was three and a half hours, though, because we did bang on for a long time. The thing is, nobody who alerted it to me thought that it was an error. They asked me what we did for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> it's silent! And I was what? like, we, we did not carry on for three and a half hours. <laughs> Well, then we could. You could jump in the car, put me on loudspeaker, and we Absolutely. could just chat pop all day. Literally, a twenty-four hour like live the stream. Big brother of pop podcasts. <laughs> I think honestly, we could do a twenty-four hour live stream at some point where we just talk about albums for twenty-four hours. I'd probably get very tired of you, but I'm sure we could do it. Of me, it wouldn't be the general fatigue that would no. bring you down. It would be your you, fatigue of me. Yeah, you as a person. Very kind. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been two weeks since we've got together um, And lots has happened There's lots of new music out There's lots of people putting the wheels in motion for big projects So I reckon we should just launch straight into bop or flop And have a little chin wag about what's been going on Let's do it It feels like there's been some really big pop moments from main pop kids in the last few few weeks um, and, and yeah, some people that we kind of haven't heard from in a while um, and, and you're right, putting the wheels into motion is definitely the, the case of the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I feel like no big albums, but it feels like there's things are, things are in work. Hey, the so, Anne Marie album came out. <laughs> I know, didn't that limp out? We're going to talk about that. It's here. We'll talk about it more. We love Anne Marie. God we bless. Yeah. Um, the first song is Normani's Wild Side featuring Cardi B. Yeah, I was obviously so pumped for new Normani and I think everyone was you know yeah it's so fascinating what happened with motivation and the, the momentum that that seemed to build within a mere couple of days and a couple of weeks and it just lit the world on fire straight away 
and it yeah. felt it felt like the second coming of Beyonce for for so many people. And then for unknown circumstances, it just didn't happen. It fizzled, and nothing really happened. And now we're getting a second go at it. I think having Cardi on the song is a very smart stroke from her. Um, it's definitely yeah. not the big kind of pompous moment that motivation was. And I was kind of hoping for a second coming of that. But I think in terms of, you know, sticking true to her artistry and it, it's a really solid, smart R&B song and it really shows her um, sweet, honeysuckled vocals beautifully. Um, Beautiful. And I think it, it's a smart move jumping on with Cardi, you know, get that real A-list kind of, side going going again as well she's obviously yeah. going to have massive backing from um from her record label and get a really nice push and and yeah it definitely feels very true to her but i'm not 100 percent convinced that it's the hit that i was kind of hoping for so i'm going to very controversially go flop on you nor money flop mm. oh my god i agree with you that it's not the hit the motivation was but i kind of think they went back to the drawing board and were like okay we need to build this story a little bit a little bit more subtly and yep. not go straight out with the big pop moment. I mean, she basically started with Crazy in Love and if Crazy in Love yeah. flopped, where would Beyonce be now? You know, like it would really rattle you. Yep. So I think it's kind of smart starting with this R&B moment and building in the US. Um, and then obviously I'm sure she's got a lot more amazing stuff to come, but I love Wild Side. The video is like absolutely phenomenal which yep. is to be expected right now and i just hope that people don't become like kind of complacent about what normani can do and just expect videos like that and not really give her the praise she deserves for doing that because there's not a lot of people who have that level of like showmanship right now and can yep. actually execute something like that so i think it's it's got like it it was her highest debut in the us yet this week so something's working and I just hope she's going to keep up the momentum and not leave us for another two years. That's the thing. The momentum really needs to be struck this time. The striking while the iron's yeah. hot just didn't happen last time. And, you know, there were little moments here and there that came after after motivation. I think you're onto something, though, in terms of them, yeah, having to kind of go a little bit more authentic as well. And, and there's no, no qualms about calling this a very authentic moment from Normani. And I think if you look back to motivation, that probably was also quite a bridging moment for her coming from the yeah. kind of sounds that she was doing in the group, um, you know, with, with big kind of horn moments and stuff. And I, and I think it kind of made yeah. sense as that bridging moment into stuff that feels a bit more authentic to her. So I'm really excited about new Normani. It's just this not hitting the mark for me. Okay. Well, I'm going bop and you're going flop. Next, we're moving on to Lord's Stoned at the Nail Salon. <laughs> Which 10 out of 10 for title. Absolutely. And 10 out of 10 for kind of content and execution as well. Um, again, I think it goes back to that authenticity thing. This just feels like a very good summation of Lord's last couple of years. And, you know, just yeah. really a, a nice little diary entry from her. Um, again, it, it's, it's sort of, I still feel like it's kind of not teasing what the album's actually going to sound like. And no, I agree. I think she's still kind of subverting what we know of her and what we know this record's going to be. And I think she's still trying to throw yeah. us off the scent. Um, but, but look, again, I, I, I've said this on the podcast before. I'm not the biggest, you know, obsessive of Lord, um, but I, I can't fault a really, you know, dreamscapey kind of, you know, nicely yeah. written, very lyrically smart pop song, which Lord executes to a T pretty much every time. Um, so I'm going to go bop for me, even though it's not like technically a bop, 
but you know what I mean. I was thinking that. It's quite funny to call yeah. this about being stoned a bob. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly given it's so quiet. Yeah. I, I like it more than Solar Power. I think it wow. kind of does a better job lyrically at, at exactly summing up where she's been. And I also mm. love that like there's all these big like thoughts that come into her head, like almost existential in the way she's thinking about the world. And then like, she comes back to actually, maybe I'm just stoned, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is like a great way of just kind of minimizing all these thoughts and like coming back down to a place of calm and being like, maybe I'm just letting things run away from me right now. We've all Um, been there. So I'm going bop. Yeah. Love stoned at the nail salon. Would never do it. Would be a a very anxious experience for me. But um, nail salons are an anxious experience to start with. They always have very metallic sounds in them and there's a lot of sort of Yeah, no, it's not for me. Yeah. But if they were like shaving my feet while I was stoned, I would shaving my feet. Yep. That's that's my my reply to Lord Stoned at the Nail Salon. Just shaving my feet. Stoned on, at the Nail Salon. On ketamine, having my feet shaved. <laughs> the new single by Sam Murphy. <laughs> Pitchfork called it a stroke of genius. Um, <laughs> next one is Caroline Polachek's Bunny is a Rider. Just so happy Who to is have... Bunny? Just so happy to have... Um, Caroline back like it's just it's just so back yeah Kaza I'm gonna go with Kaza I like that um yeah just really really fantastic to have her back and and you know still kind of playing in the experimental space that she's always going to kind of play in but make it slap at the same time um I think it's interesting the more and more that Caroline does on her own the more and more I feel like she's becoming really one of those cultural force kind of artists she's really becoming like a you know, she's kind of got that Marina kind of vibe to her, but it feels a bit stronger and a little bit more convincing and a little bit more self-convinced. And it's extremely exciting to to have an artist like that who just seems to be so assured in the way that they're making music. And um, yeah, yeah, I think this is a great a great strike and what a fucking title as well. First time I heard it and I heard the like baby cries in the background, I was like, absolutely not. But it's just really weaved its way like around me yep. and I love it now. And I can even tolerate the baby cries. Yeah. <laughs> she you're totally right. Like she's definitely just stepped into her lane and she's really got her groove. And Bunny as a writer gives me so hot you're hurting my feelings vibes. Yeah, that's it's exactly perfect what I thought. direction for her. I don't think it's the precursor to an album. I feel like it's a little summer bop. Yep. But um we'll see what happens. But it's definitely a bop for me. Yeah, absolutely. Next, we're going with Camille Cabello. Don't go yet. Good pronunciation. Very good pronunciation from you. <laughs> um, I am so overly impressed with this. I think it's a really great single from her. I think it's a fantastic comeback. Um, Camille, I've gone through a journey with, I think, you know, a primarily very positive journey with Camille's yeah. solo music. Um, again, I will always say that that song that she came out with crying in the club was the worst first single I've ever heard from a that can, an artist breaking out. I literally get that in my head one once a day. I see, oh, damn, yeah, like technically, it's a really good song. You're right, but it's a Sia song. It's just a Sia song. Yeah, <laughs> look, it needs it's, to be it's shit, but it's in my head every day. So yeah, <laughs> well, it's like cheap thrills. If I see, like, Sia is just great at writing those stupid earworms that are objectively good and objectively catchy. Yeah, um, but this feels this feels like a really 
and I feel like I've, I've said authentic 15 times today, but again, it feels really exciting. It's fun. It's a little bit sexy. It's super Latin. It's, it's yeah. a bit flamenco. It's just like, yeah, it's everything that I kind of feel like Camilla embodies and, and it's, fu- it's really fun as well. Um, a great little summary moment. And, you know, Camilla, Camilla's a fascinating solo artist to look at and, and look at, you know, the trajectory of her first solo record. Um, yeah. She's she's done two solo records now, hasn't she? Yeah, and it's with yeah. Her. She had the yeah. Havana one and then the last one, which was a big big old flop. We could do that on yeah. Stars. We should do that. Hashtag season five. Um, <laughs> but it, I think it's a really yeah. I think it's a really exciting return to form. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm really pumped to see what Camilla's got up her sleeve. I am like consistently ready to cancel Camilla. So for me to be impressed by one of her songs, she needs to be operating at like a nine out of 10. Whereas people that I'm yeah. more lenient with, like BB Rexa, they can operate at like a five out of 10 and I'll, I'll listen. But Camilla, like, needs to be top tier for me to really buy into it. And this is like, it's, it's undeniably good. It, like, it's, yeah. it's just a big, bold single. Like those Latin flavors are just so loud, but also not the set. Like she's not doing the kind of Latin Despacito vibe that we've heard so much. She's tapping into something completely different. I don't think you'll find a mainstream song this year, like particularly in the US or Australia, that sounds like Don't Go Yet. It's no. just, it's and it stacks of fun. I hope that she's going with this vibe on the rest of the record, particularly because she often gets... Um, accused of stealing things. I think it's good for her to really distance herself from the other pop gals and Completely. just do her own thing. And this is brilliant. She's operating at a nine out of 10. She passes. Ricky Reed is on the production who I consider yeah. to be one of pop's really, really just sort of sneakily one of the best producers. He's not a common name that pops uh, pops up. He did all he always he did sneaks Lizzo's up. stuff, yeah. 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 And he did a lot of the really great Megan Trainer stuff as well. And, you know, think what you think. It- no, uh, you know what I mean. The really good Megan Trainor stuff. The really, let's unpack that. The really- <laughs> How many no. are we talking? How many songs? Um, let me, hang on, let me read out titles. Ricky Reed Production Discography. Um, here we go. Discography. Uh, he also did Talk Dirty by Jason Derulo. Okay. He's, he's starting to slip from the favourable position I had him in. <laughs> he did Fireball by Pitbull. Okay, he's back. So he should be. He did Bills by Lunch Money Lewis. Yeah. He's gone Excellent again. song. That is not an... Ad- <laughs> You're joking. He did No by Megan Trainer. Okay. He did Better by Megan Trainer. He did Good As Hell by Lizzo. We know that and we love that. He did Alone by Halsey, which is one of my favourite Halsey songs. That is He's just Yeah, he's just very good at taking like really interesting sounds and and samples, but they don't sound like samples. That's true. And creating really unique sounds with the instruments that he's got and and really putting a, a unique stamp on things. And I think that goes to what you said about you're not going to hear a song like this on the radio this year because when Ricky Reed makes a song, it is completely unique from anything he's done before and anything that anyone else has done. That is true. And I guess when Megs came through, she was doing... Her sound was very different to yeah. what else was going yeah. on the radio. My it friend messaged me also- the other day, listener of this podcast, Jono, 
um, and close friend and confidant, um, he messaged me <laughs> last week and asked me if I thought that Megan Trainer's waves was about waves as in the ocean or waves as in waving to someone. <laughs> and your response was? Um, I think we just went on for like a good five minutes like we we stand Megan Trainer in the group chat, so we just went on for five minutes talking about how much of a genius she is. Yeah, and talking about is. on the Jessie Ware podcast when she said that her favorite place to eat in London was Pizza Express. <laughs> After spending almost Woman a year taste. there filming The Voice <laughs> on a food podcast. <laughs> I need to listen to that episode. Not. It's so and good. And I now have another. You four can weeks. almost like Jessie Ware is speechless when she says it. She's got nothing to say. <laughs> she said because it was opposite by the way. her hotel. <laughs> so she's not. She's not even exploring, not exploring. London. <laughs> Just the girls there for a year filming The Voice. <laughs> and she she can only totter across to the Pizza Express. I blame Daryl Sabara from. Well, Daryl wouldn't have done spy that. Daryl's a spy kid, so he's inquisitive. He would have made it. That's why. Right. Natural, naturally inquisitive. Yeah. Interesting that we had two X Fifth Harmony members with solo releases in the last week or two. I know. Very interesting. I know. Very interesting for Camilla to come after Namani. After Do their we little think controversies. It was Do we? Think I don't think so. I feel like we're past that. I just think there's yeah, only so many weeks in summer and this is what ended up happening. Next one, Lil Nas X, Industry Baby. Brilliant. I think the Kanye co-production is not just a co-production, it's a co-sign. Yeah. And it really helps bring Lil Nas into... Not that he wasn't in the cultural zeitgeist already... Yeah. But there's almost this kind of thing of the two-hit wonder where you create a cultural moment with Old Town Road. You create a cultural moment with Montero. Yeah. And then there's concern that you're not going to be able to make the same impact again. Yeah. At least not until your next era. Yeah. But screw that. Next single, he's come and done the same thing. By upping the collaborator stakes. Yeah. Upping, I, I don't know if it's upping, but just doing a moment again with the video as well. Yeah, absolutely. A whole moment. He has to deliver it every time now. It's like Normani, yeah. it's expected. Literally. Yeah. Every time. It, it, it's a, there's a demand there now. And, and you can just so tell that he is the master of his own destiny. Yeah. And like he choreographed that video. Like he is the master of that whole yeah. vibe. And then, you know, I, I just love that, you know, it's obviously a prison-themed video and, and he's using that to fundraise for bail funds across the US. And yeah. I think, you know, and making real genuine social change as well, along with a fucking banger that, you know, you can just tell has that Kanye imprint on it, but it, it it's just such an arrival for Lil Nas. And I just think he's, a, I, I really think he's one of the best artists on the planet that we've, we've seen in a long time. And I don't think that momentum's going to die down. He he outdid Montero on streams on debut with Industry Baby as well. Um, so, you know, the stats aren't lying. Um, yeah. If you haven't worked out, it's a bop from me. Yeah. 
I, I did get that somewhere within the first 10 seconds. As you know, I don't have as much th- enthusiasm for Lil Nas as you do. I, li- I like what he's doing and I like him as a person, but I, f- I think the songs have been okay at best up until now. I feel like, uh, I think Montero was pretty good. But it probably it just. But I thought Holiday, like I really loved Holiday. No, Holiday was was the point at which I was like, "He's done. This is fucking awful." Like the whole Santa thing in the video was just—it was like it was comical. I think he's moved past being comical now, and he's like really showing himself to be a real artist. Like he doesn't need the trolley shit. He just needs to like do what he wants and people can love it or they can hate it. Like he doesn't really need to magnify it into the fact that yep. he's got haters because the facts are now that he's probably going to debut this song at number one. That's going to be three number one singles. Now the haters are starting to be very much outweighed by the people who like him. So yeah. And by the numbers, the sheer, the sheer volume of yeah. listening. I mean, he's an artist, like he's, he's proper here to stay artist now. And I think yep. I'm going bot for industry baby. It's great. Good from you. Give me one second. I've just I, the hair is just not. Yeah, you a really thing look today, like you're balding. But you're I not literally balding look like I'm balding because you've got a lot of hair. I have a lot of hair. That's better. Now I have a quiff yeah. again. No, that's good. Yeah. You, yeah, no longer balding. You had that like not balding, kind of, like um strap of hair along the top that people tend to keep when they've got a large patch of no hair. Yeah. I'm probably just hiding things. You know, it's almost guaranteed that I will go bald in my mid-30s, which is concerning. That's less is than it? 10 years away. Yeah. Well, my my dad did and both of my grandfathers did. So You're fucked. You I'm, need to get onto that, like, Shane Warne. Um, like yeah, Ashley drops. and Martin yeah, situation. Ashley and Martin. Yeah. Your hair's the longest I think I've ever seen it at the it's moment. It's very long. As well. Yeah. Yeah, and it's still only like this three must centimeters. This fascinating but... for everyone. <laughs> Absolutely, we are now sponsored by Just Cuts, <laughs> and, and so we have to put Martin. ten minutes of hair talk into each episode. <laughs> we do, and we'll continue to talk about the hair of our flop well, stars, the future artists. Speaking of hair, um, mm. Little Mix and Anne Marie. Oh yeah, sorry, I've skipped over. Kiss my yeah. uh oh. Are you saying hair because they had a song called hair? Yeah. Is that your... Oh, yeah. No, because they have hair. Yeah. That, um, I... Anne-Marie, let's unpack. <laughs> Do we I really time? love it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'll give it the one minute unpack. We're about to unpack I somebody l- who's got a bloody, like, conservatorship in half an hour. <laughs> and we're going to unpack Anne-Marie. But sure, let's go. <laughs> Lil Nas, uh, not Lil Nas X. Anne-Marie, I think, is genuinely had an opportunity here to maybe make, become a bit more of a force in pop. Yeah. I think she's got the songs, she's got the personality, she's got the relatability, um, she's got the voice as well. Yeah. To really just do something unique. And yet, I think this album has absolutely fallen on deaf ears. And I don't know anyone who's had any. Who's even listened to it? It just snuck even, out. It just, it snuck, just out. snuck out. But there's a few hits that she's had off the album, like the way too longs on there, and that was like quite a yep. hit. So 
can't think of any others, but I'm sure there's one or two. Um, well, she's had that massive song with Niall Horan. I don't know if it's been as big over there. Um, yeah, I've in, seen in it. It's streaming but... well. So why does the album slip out? I think Anne Marie is the people's Dua Lipa. Like the kind yeah. of one that you would be able to imagine yourself hanging out with. Totally. And she's a, she's, I've met her a couple of times and she's a ball of energy. Mm. But uh, I don't know, you look at the, some of the collaborations on here and it really is a bit of a mishmash of like different sounds and different things that it she's done. So many. The thing that's weird is she didn't need that many collaborators on her debut. So why does she suddenly need it now? It's very it strange behaviour. It, anyway, it feels very old school as well, very UK. Fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not. I, I looked at, I went, oh, Anne Marie and Little Mix. This has got to be a little cultural moment. Yeah. And then, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's not really setting my life on fire. It sounds like a, you know, nicely put together pop song. Yeah. Um, Upsal has a writing credit on it and she is continuing oh, to be, become okay. more and more impactful as a writer as well, as well as an artist. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, it, it's just not lighting the world on fire for me, which it should, because, like, she's so brilliant. Yeah. And little, like, objectively brilliant. She's and great. Little Mix are, I would watch a talk show from her. Yeah. Oh, you know what? She probably could be the new, the UK equivalent of the Kelly Clarkson show. She could type. be. And that's a big seat to fill. Absolutely. You know, I, can't I mean, speak highly enough of, of Kel's. Well, when Graham Norton... I know you can't. It's actually embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> when, Gra- Gra- <laughs> when Graham Norton retires, I think Anne-Marie should be in the hot seat to take over. <laughs> that is a big call. Out well, of I'm all happy the to people that could take over Graham Norton, you're backing Anne-Marie. <laughs> yes! <laughs> we'll see. Number one. I agree she could do it. I just don't think she's on the tip of people's tongues for that chair. No Annie Mack, no Nick Grimshaw. She'd be great no. at Annie Mack. She could do that, the Annie Mack show. She could. She could. Well, actually, when Annie Mack finishes, um, they're doing five weeks of different pop stars doing the show for a week. I saw that. And it's Youngblood, Tom Grennan, Charlie... Um, who else? Uh, Arlo Parks and someone else are doing her show for a whole week each, and I think that's really I fucking think amazing. The fifth one. <laughs> <laughs> Cheerleader crooner Omi will be taking over for a week. <laughs> All right, let's get into Britney because we don't have long. Let- I'll say no, a little we don't. precursor before this, obviously. We know the Britney situation is a very complicated situation and we very much stand with free Britney. Or well, I do. I'm Absolutely. Not sure about you. Um, and we're oh. going to assume that everybody <laughs> listening to this kind of not, has a basic knowledge of what's going on with the conservatorship um, yeah. and knows that there, there are positive steps being made to her being out of it. And for the last, well, since she announced the Vegas show, and cancelled the Vegas show, she's basically been refusing to be a pop star, which is something that Lord's been doing for years. So another artist copying more. <laughs> As has Rita Ora. <laughs> now that was refusing to um, abide by COVID rules. Oh, she's sorry. Very yes, happy it was. being a pop star. Featuring Taika Waititi. Anyway, we've got literally 22 minutes to unpack this album. Do we? Do well, she we... hasn't made the album yet, so we'll be fine. Well, of course she, she hasn't. Is... That's a good yeah. point. 
So her last um, album was 2017's Glory. And yeah. I think you could basically say it was a flop. The biggest hit was Make Me, Feet G-Eazy. Um, after that, she had Slumber Party with Tinashe, but basically that was it. That, those were the only T- things. Tinashe. Tinashe. It was Tinashe. <laughs> Give it up for Tinashe! Yeah, and, and they only sort of hit as well. You know, we're not talking... It wasn't the Britney uh, you, return not... you expect, was it? And it I think wasn't. it's because her heart wasn't in it, really. Mm. And reasonably so. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult for us to match the success and the brilliance that she's had before. Yeah. I think, but I think the opportunity we've got now and that we hopefully will have very soon is that A, her heart will absolutely be in it and B, the amount of mainstream attention that her life circumstances have had over the last few years, I think is going to find a really exciting fan base for her and a really genuine fan base for her and a yeah. fan base that's longing for her to do really well. So I think that support will be there regardless. It's just that the music needs to match and the music really needs to be a representation of what's been missing and what she actually wants to do and cares about. It's weird. It's like we've tapped into this nostalgia that everybody's become very protective about, but at the same time we've been rewriting the way we saw Britney's history unfolding. Like, obviously, I was a kid when she went through, like, her her, her most public mental health struggles around yeah. the Blackout album, which is an iconic, one of the most influential pop albums. But obviously, I just didn't understand the situation, and I think a lot of people didn't either. And we just kind of wrote Britney off as being crazy, very unfairly. And it's only in the last couple of years that people have started to look back at the Britney situation and be like, hang on, like she was very poorly mistreated by the press when she was coming up. Justin Timberlake obviously got a pedestal while she was kind of constantly shoved down. And I think that reframing of her career is going to put her in a very positive position when she comes to release music again. Whereas I think around the time of Glory, it perhaps wasn't there so much. It was like, oh, here comes Britney with another crack at a hit that she's probably not going to get. Whereas now it's going to be like, no, Britney is a pop icon and she's a legacy artist and we need to support her because she deserves it. There's almost this element as well, I think, of... Yes, she is absolutely a legacy artist, but she doesn't feel like a, she's at the Madonna kind of level of legacy no. where there's no there's no second wind still coming. There's absolutely opportunity for Britney to be the most relevant mainstream pop star in the world again. Can you imagine um, like a hung up moment for Britney? Yes, I can. I absolutely can. It would be brilliant. Um, it would be. And, and I just don't think that we've seen everything that we're going to see from a music release standpoint from Britney. Yeah. And I think there is such, such genuine possibility in what we're going to hear from her in the next few years. I think what it's going to, what it's going to surround though, is her being a, obviously freed from this conservatorship and free yeah. to be her own, you know, creative genius again. And, th- and that's been the other interesting thing about looking back at her career and looking back at where though that mistreatment started you do see a, an incredibly smart woman an incredibly yeah. smart pop star 
um, and someone who really just understands how to make cultural impact. And I think if she has the opportunity with a clear mind to be a- and a clear conscience to be able to do that again, um, she- she's absolutely bang up for the challenge. And she's also in this... She- she's-, she's now had some time to be... You know, she's a mum as well, and yeah. and she's had a bit more life experience. You know, you know, raising raising children, and 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 there's so much to talk about for Britney at the moment that it's just gonna it's it's got a channel like every good creative does. It's got a channel into great music, and and I think that's genuinely a possibility. And she has a, a work ethic supposedly that's unmatched. I mean, I was I guess the like schoolyard chatter when I was a kid that was like Britney writes none of her songs, can't sing. Um, yeah. Like she basically just steps in the studio, does her work, and then they auto tune the shit out of her and pop the song out. And yeah. it's obviously not the case. I was thirteen. No. Don't come for me. Um, but like that—that that this is pop documentary, the one about the Swedish songwriters, and all of them saying like Britney coming even as a teenager to come and record um, "Baby One More Time." She was one of the hardest working people around. And I think when she can do what she wants to do, her fire for being a pop star is is big. And I think she could really come. I just hope she has the energy to come out with something really good when yeah. she does eventually, God willing, get free. And that's the other thing. The idea that she might not want to do this again, I, we would obviously all be very supportive of that. I just yeah. hope that she... Doesn't really suit this podcast. We'd, no. we'd have to end it here. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope, yeah, I really hope that that, and I believe that that energy is going to be there. I believe that she's ready. Um, how are we going to make this happen, though? We're going to make this happen with great people around her as well. We are. And so we should rattle off some of the folks that we reckon she either should or shouldn't work with yeah. over, the, over the new journey. So as we do now on season four, the future... I'll pick out a random collaborator and you have to tell me whether you think they would work well with Britney or whether they should be kept away from her. Great. So I'm going to be more savage than ever with this one. The first one is Megan the Stallion. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That would be a perfect combination of human beings. Mm. Two women who know what it's like to be put down by shitty men and two cultural forces in their own right. Yeah, just a quick note to say, fuck the baby. (laughs) Fuck the baby. And fuck Dua Lipa's piss-weak response today about it as well. Do you think it was bad? Yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. Wait, I only saw one slide. Did she post multiple slides? I just saw one slide, but, like, she basically... She denounced his behaviour and... Like, I honestly thought she wouldn't have said anything. Her saying, we need to come together and fight the stigma and ignorance around HIV and AIDS. It's the weakest, like, just... uh, (laughs) Also, I uh, I just don't like it. And then two seconds later, she posts a photo of her bestie on her birthday, wishing her a happy birthday. It's like, you don't care. Anyway, loved it. Um, She's like, keep streaming, though. We've been in the top 10 for, like, 50 weeks in the US. Want to break the record? Yeah, please keep (laughs) Billboard. Bilba, baby, do it, Lipa. Just skip um, past the baby's part. Still counts as a stream. <laughs> hashtag separate the art from the artist. The baby still slaps so on those pop records. Meg all. and and Brit, you want to see? The problem yeah, is the last it. like hip hop ish collab I have in mind for Britney is um, Pretty Girls with Iggy Azalea, which was atrocious. 
Yeah, I didn't go too well to date. No. But Ma- no, I mean, Iggy and Meg are definitely not, not up for comparison, really. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I'll see it. I'll, I'll see it. All right, the next one is Phineas. Ooh. Now, after watching the Billie Eilish documentary, I see Phineas as being a deeply caring collaborator. I don't particularly love everything he does. I don't think he's really God's gift to production. He's br- he's very good at what he does, but I don't think he's the best producer in the world. Um, but it, but he is a very caring producer, and he really cares about the health and the well-being of the artists that he works with. So on that count, I would say yes. I just don't know whether they'd come out with the right song and with a song that's going to be as impactful as it could be. But I like it on... Yeah, I like it on emotional value. I'm feeling like he could do something with Britney that's like like every time kind of vibe. Mm. Like something really, really subtle that I feel like could potentially work. It wouldn't be a single, though. It wouldn't be a single, no. No, be Phineas nice can come on for the album. album tracks. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going for like a 10-track Grammy album of the year album... Then she could do that. He can do track five interlude. Track five interlude. Okay. Twenty five seconds. Someone get yep. in touch with Phineas and let him know we've we've lined him up for track five interlude. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is Casey Musgraves. Interesting. You're you've, you're bringing up some good names today. Yeah. I really like this. Thank you. Um. Hard one. I just don't see any kind of kinship there. You know, yep. maybe the country and the southern girl kind of thing might be a combo that could make sense, but no, no, I don't think I don't see it working. They're they're both brilliant in their own right, but it doesn't necessarily mean a collaboration makes a lot of sense. So it's a no from me on Casey. Yeah, I agree. Probably wouldn't be right for either of them. I think. Yeah, their stylings don't real. I can't see them intersecting at all. I mean, the country no. southern girl thing's a bit of a reach. I still just think Britney needs to be sitting and we'll get to this in the in the biggest hit in a second. I still think Britney needs to sit in that kind of hip hop tinged pop lane. Yeah. That's really where it still needs to sit. You know, hip hop influences but pop at the core. Um and yeah. I just don't see country crossover making sense. No, I don't in think that perspective. stay away from the country. Okay, the yeah. final one is Robin. Oh, because I feel like everybody would want to see this. But yeah, they would. Like? Again, I feel like they're two very distinct and and solo artists. Maybe yeah. on, on, in a writing session, but I don't think both of them could sing on it. I mean, now I'm thinking about it. Didn't Robin write? Didn't she have a writing credit on Piece of Me? I did think she? she did, or she cut a demo for it, or something. Also, they did kind of come up at the same, at the same ish time with Max, like "Show yeah. Me Love" and you know, um, and "Hit Me Baby" were like within a year of each other from memory, and that that early Robin probably yeah. makes sense crossing over. Um, no, I do not see any. Um, no. Okay. Maybe oh, no, she did backing... Nope, you're not wrong entirely. She did backing vocals on it. Okay. 
That's really interesting. What? She didn't write it though. I don't know. Okay. Who fucking knows? It's very weird, isn't it? <laughs> it was produced by All some right. other Nordics. Interesting. Moving on. Okay, so now we need to think about... We've kind of like vibed out a few producers. Now we need yep. to think about what our dream era is for the artist. So you want her to go yep. a hip-hop pop direction. So you're thinking like first two album Britney. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking somewhere between like Hit Me Baby. A bit blackout, yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking like Circus, uh, even Peace to Me is is probably a good example of like, you know, those dirtier kind of synths, those dirtier kind of weirder drums and and unique patterns on them. Um, Strange sounds like a chicken being strangled kind of sound. Um, You know, those kind of sounds I think would make a lot of sense. So we've got to do... The dream comeback single, the biggest hit you've never heard. We've got to put our our hits up against each other and work out amicably which is the best. Yeah. Have, are you ready for this one? I'm nervous about... This is the hardest one we've done, I think. This is going to be very, because very difficult. who have we done so far? We've done Charlie and Lord. I feel like they've got a very distinct sound, whereas I think Britney yep. has tried a lot of different things. Some have worked, some yep. haven't. And she's often gone for a, like the sound of the time. In a way. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. I'm going to say I want Danger and Timberland oh. on production. First and foremost, it starts with Danger and Timberland in the studio with Britney, but I also want Ricky Reed to do additional production. Oh, wow. I realized, that, I realized that when we were talking about Ricky a minute ago, I went, hang on. There's something here. Just adding that unique element to it. And Danger has always been very good at this as well. Adding in sounds that you won't hear anywhere else. Finding really unique sounds. Danger's always been so good at that. But I think that and then get Ricky for a fresh set of ears on it. And I think you've got to hit. And yes, I think there's, there's something to be said about putting three men... On the, on the record with her. So I want to make sure that that room from a writing perspective is covered. And so obviously I'm going to throw Charlie XCX in there to be the co-writer on the track. But I oh. think it just, I just want to leave it to them. Well, she's definitely like a post-blackout artist in a way, you know. Totally. She's been very heavily And Britney's always been that. such an inspiration for her. Absolutely. Yeah. So the title oh, of the track is strong. Revival. And Revival. it might seem... Yeah, it might seem it's a little on the bit nose, kitsch, but, but I just could... think, yeah, yeah, I but maybe something like maybe it ends up being revival. The revival tour, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, I was thinking maybe freedom, but I like revival more. Even just as a concept, maybe it ends up being called something else from when the lyrics are written for the song. But obviously, I'm not writing the lyrics. Um, that's Charlie's yeah. problem to deal with, and also Britney's. Um, Vibe of it is sort of a hip hop tinged pop song, somewhere between a piece of me um, and a hit me baby. So, yeah. you know, maybe even some really heavy pianos and stuff. And length, let's make it a nice 320. 320's nice. Yeah, because let's not forget, yeah. Britney's not a, she's not a, a current pop girl like going for under three minutes. She always delivered on the, on the post three yeah. minute pop songs, which should be the standard. In my opinion. Totally. Unless you want to go yeah. t- two minutes fifty is kind of my my benchmark. Once you're falling under I two like minutes that, fifty, yeah. I'm like, come on, you could have given us a bridge. Yeah. Okay. This is hard. that's that's an I've gone down a completely different route, and maybe if I'd thought of your route, I would have done it. I'm excited. 
But I want her back. So I want her back with Max. Because I think she just needs really strong pop licks. And I think it needs to be like a a disco-y, not like hung up disco, but I'm thinking like Dua Lipa, Future Nostalgia disco sound. And I want her in the studio with Ian Kirkpatrick as well, who produced Don't Start Now. And with like the writing team of like Emily Warren and him, who also had a writing credit on the new Shakira single, which is awful, but let's hope things would go better in this situation. (laughs) This is not voting well for you. It's not voting well for me at all. I feel like I should throw in the towel. But I want it to be called um, I Don't. And it's like a I don't need you kind of vibe. Big, like, liberating, explosive chorus. Nah, this is shit. We're going with yours. (laughs) I don't want it. I don't even want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like it. I like the idea. I like the concept. And I think you should back yourself. I do think she needs something very upbeat and liberating, though. I agree I with you. I do agree with you. But and um, I think, but yeah, I think that spread. will happen on my record as well. It's going to be a bit slower. I think it's going to be around like a hundred BPM kind of vibe. But it's going to be very uplifting. Okay. And the way that the choruses are written are going to be in that "Show Me Love" and "Hit Me Baby" kind of sense. Wait, now I'm thinking about it, just for a little bit of like modern relevancy. I feel like Doja would suit your vibe. Oh. Yeah. Like a little half maybe sound, it's the th- sung, half rap verse. Maybe it is the three of them in a room together. Charlie, Brittany, Doja. Yeah, that would be pretty good. I would be down for that. So we're happy to lock in mine with a little bit of a tweak, putting Doja in there. We're happy to lock mine in as the yeah, lead single from the new Britney I struggled era. with that one a lot. That's all right. She's You've a- won the last couple of weeks, so... I know. So obviously I'm better with it. But that's this is our first big pop star and I failed. So Exactly. I've got much to think about when we go away from you this. You do have a lot to think about. <laughs> go and look after yeah, go and realize your your issues. That would be smart. So our final question is uh, no, what what kind of visual are you expecting from her? Because the um the selfies she's been posting on Instagram lately are giving me Lana Del Rey <laughs> blue banister zero yeah, vibes. Nah. <laughs> Which is kind of what the vibe around Glory kind of was as well. Like, it was very sort of, like, you know, washed out kind of, you know, close-ups and stuff. It was very... very, It didn't feel very pop. Um, So, I would like it to go back to that kind of, you know, take it back to the Glory days and and take it back to that innocence she had at 18, 19 of, you know, just being that fresh, smart, funny, charismatic pop star. Take it back to there. Do these kind of out of this world so kind you of want visuals like to go with it. Back to basics, baby, one more time vibes. Yeah, literally. Like, I basically just want the baby one more time video to be redone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> without the schoolgirl outfits. See, I'm yeah. the opposite. I want her to go like, oops, I did it again vibes, like intergalactic space vibes. That's kind of what I mean. I want it to be kind of out of this world. I just realized I meant the, I actually meant the oops, I did again video. Um, yeah, the intercom. <laughs> so she can re- recreate that. Imagine yeah. if she just went back and recreated it with a different song. Iconic. <laughs> Start being self-referencing. Like the, the friend set, it's still sitting there. Don't worry. 
<laughs> it should be like still Central sitting Park. there. Remember yeah, when just it's... space was like, you know, when people do space now, it's kind of like kitschy and a little bit like a little bit of a laugh. Like Doja yeah. Cat's whole planet, her thing is like, nobody's looking at it being like, oh, this is our future in like 10 years. Whereas when Britney was doing it, people were like, this is what like, the world's oh, going to look, actually look like. like. this. When we pass, <laughs> when it's 2010, everything's going to look like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what we thought. What oh. kind of artist do you feel like she should be looking at? I know this is hard to say because Britney shouldn't really be looking at anybody's. Career. Well, that's exactly it. But I feel like if she looked at kind of Madonna around the late noughties, around the kind of four minutes hung up kind of era, yeah. I thought that was quite a nice sort of reboot of of an artist that kind of felt a little bit irrelevant by that point. Yeah. Um, and an, so and we want to go kind full of, on mainstream. We don't want like an arts yeah. kind of ray of light moment. We want no. full mainstream. Yeah, we want we want pop stardom, and I mean the whole idea is to make this not a flop. So I want full, yeah. yeah, I want full number ones. I want radio on board. I want I want all of this. I want her in the cultural zeitgeist. Can you imagine again if she's actually just star. teaming up with um, Aaron Desno and making a folk record about everything that's been going on <laughs> for the last few years? <laughs> That'd be great. I'd love that. Just like a nice little black and white cover Hashtag where she's trotting through the woods. <laughs> yeah. Britney and Big Who Red else? Machine. Who else do you think she can learn from? I really just don't think there's many people she can learn from. I mean, the main like pop star mm. these days looks a lot different to what it did back then. I suppose if you think of like Doja, Dua... They're the ones that are buying into the pop era right now, like in terms of giving the full visual and stuff like that. So I definitely want her to go down that vibe. But that's a pop path that she created herself. So yep. it's not like she can be referencing Dua or Doja in this no. case. It's interesting exactly. to me how Doja keeps coming up in these big mainstream pop conversations. Doja. Because she she once felt so alternative. But anyway, good for her. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess Madonna's the only kind of career you can look at, but there was kind of, I don't know. There's always been a bit of a try hard vibe with Madonna's later stuff. Yeah. So I would hope that Britney's felt a little more, I don't know. Britney's always felt a little bit more authentic, I suppose. Totally. Well, fingers crossed. And I'm really excited talking about this as to what we might be able to see. And obviously we, we all are, are fingers crossed that everything works out with the conservatorship and we're going to continue to be loud and, and um, you know, against it as fans. Um, but I'm ready for the pop star to reemerge. And it's been wonderful to yeah. unpack this with you, Samuel. I think everyone is. Like people weren't ready for it. at Glo- I mean, people were ready for it for glory, but the diehard stands. I feel like there's a few more people... In- involved now and everybody's going to be Who are ready for excited it. about it we want yeah. the vegas show we want the album we're gonna buy the merch <laughs> bring it all on stream the live stream <laughs> yep it's all happening it's all happening make sure you follow us on your podcast platform and we'll catch you with another flop stars the future and if there is an artist that you want us to unpack um make sure you tweet us at sam underscore interns or at nick w kelly or both of us most people just tweet both of us okay I've never got a tweet. Yes, you have. You've got lots of tweets. From Jono. <laughs> From Jono. Shout out, Jono. <laughs> Shout out, Jono. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Have a lovely Goodbye, rest of your week. Bye-bye. <laughs>